Chevy pulls up the drive, hold me in gear, feeling alive. Another full moon tonight is burning bright. Open roads always seep up in the sky, drawing our dreams, vibrating frequency and ecstasy. All the windows down, blood in my veins can't contain sin. Heaven's in the sand, hopping on names on trees we find What's up? You are watching On The Town, and I'm your host tonight. And so tonight's guest, as you just heard a fabulous video, is singer-songwriter. She has recorded two studio albums, Engaging the Muse and Chasing the Shadows EP. Her latest single release comes from a collaboration with Grammy-winning award producer Brian Forbes, as well as with Matt Anthony from Engine Sound. Her songs are songs of transformation, power, love, and loss. 
You have heard her. She has been featured on WHUD, uh, 100.7, BBC Radio, and other international outlets. And in 2020, she won the best music video at Gorilla Rivers Music Video Film Festival for her single, Play It Loud. Please welcome singer, songwriter, Kat Spina. Hey. Thank you for having me. This is so great. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh my gosh, it's, it's been a while coming. Happy Mother's Day, by the way. Thank is that, you. Is that appropriate, right? Well, for my mother it is, and for my oh. sister, and okay. uh, all the moms <laughs> out there, it's always appropriate. Yes, happy Mother's, Mother's Day to everyone. Yes. so much love. And, yes. you know, it, it was actually, I was having a conversation today trying mm -hmm. to remember a few years ago, and I know it's a song we have on, on deck and I was going back to a memory when I lost my grandmother on Mother's Day. And she she really wanted to be remembered. So that that was the day she, she left us. So Mother's Day is always very special. So thank you for that. Wow. Well, thank you. Um, so when, speaking of music, when did you find your love of music? Uh, and when did you know, you know, the difference between find, finding it and then knowing that you actually had a gift? I feel like I have support now in this age, I will tell you, because I am hearing it on so many music documentaries recently, mm -hmm. but I was eight. I was eight years old and I remember my first performance. I was in the third grade. I had known that there was a talent show coming up and I said, Ma, I just, I would love to sing and do this. I think it sounds like fun. And I remember auditioning for the talent show mm -hmm. and the room went silent. And I learned later that was a good thing. And everybody was listening. I did the show and I got just a roar of applause. I sang a whole new world and it really became one. So wow. yeah, I would say age eight is when it hit and I knew I loved it. Wow. And so you went, you, you wanted to perform every chance you got after that, right? <laughs> I did. I did. I think I went through a really personal journey and experience with music, especially in elementary, middle school, high school, with the opportunities that are pretty straightforward, which is the musicals and chorus. I really enjoyed that, but I always kind of you know, went a different direction, I would say. And I found my love for it through teachers um, who inspired me and found me, know, discovered that I, I wanted to f figure out music in, in, in a different way as well and find that artistry really, really early on, which isn't wow. always easy to do when you're so young. So yeah. it takes a while know. to have the I'm confidence. I'm still learning. Yeah. <laughs> we all are still learning. Uh, what what skills have you learned that helped you in your singing career, you think, that helped you, you know, once you got it, like when you go in the studio, there's certain things, you have a good ear for certain things. You, some people can pick up instruments. Yes. Vo vocally, I've always been really in tune with that. Mm -hmm. I started lessons right after that talent show, about eight or nine years old. And I knew the capabilities of my voice. That teacher was actually very encouraging. And I started going into the studio when I was about 12 years old. Wow. And yes. And then those experiences taught me how to layer vocals. I was 
doing some of my own background vocals with the oohs and the ahs. Uh, it's it really evolved since then, but that was a great tool. I think learning was really awkward uh, when, uh, sorry, recording was awkward because learning that that's what my voice sounded like was a bit shocking, okay. but I absolutely learned to love it. And that was how I got better. Mm-hmm. And I understood what songs fit well with my voice. Mm-hmm. So vocally, I've always been really sharp and knowing if I was a little flat or I'm not hitting the note, that was something I really, really studied. Wow. Then I had such a desire to find that artist within me, write songs, express my heart. And I had to learn instruments. And I'm saying I had to because I'm I'm a bit of a perfectionist. And <laughs> I'm like, if I'm going to do this music thing, I've got to have some sort of knowledge. Right. And I really got involved with that when I was about 14 or 15. So the instruments came later, but I devoted myself enough to the instruments so that I could write basic chord progressions. And then I got super nerdy in college and I, I went all the way up and as far I could, I went as far as I could go with, with music theory because I just loved it, both classical and jazz. Right. I think all of that training was just, just stuff that just kept coming into my, my body and my being to, to help me become the singer I want to be at the end of the day. Right. So. Wow. Well, that's amazing to learn so young because, um, I mean, I, I used to go in the studio years ago and it was a challenge at that age. I can't imagine like 12 and 14. It's like, whoa. It was like a sponge. I wanted to understand the process. I grew up listening to Mariah Carey and I was so in love with the videos that would come out when she was in the studio. I'm like, oh, that's how you do it. That's how it happens. And the mixing board, which we, that is becoming a bit obsolete. You're hearing a lot of my music now digital, but my first album was at the Loft Loft Studio in Bronxville. And I saw that big board. I'm like, this is so great. And I wanted to become a student of, the recording process and learn how it worked. And that's how I get better. And that's how I really understand what I can do with the human voice. Right. Right. And that's the thing when you know all aspects of it, it is, um, I think it's better in the studio because then you know how people, you know, uh, your, what do you call technicians or whoever, what do you call them that do the board? Engineers. Engineers, sorry. Uh, they, they dictate and they do make things go higher, lower and make magic. But you know, if you know, like know and have a good ear and good sound and you write, it really helps. It really helps. helps. Someone will say, oh, well, let's do this. And if you don't know, you'd be like, okay, let's do that. And maybe that's not what was best. Yeah. Right. And I encourage my producers to, to give me a little bit of guidance. Rhythmically, I can struggle sometimes and it's something I'm working on, but I, I let them be my guide as well. I have a vocal coach. I have somebody that I work with. So there's a lot of technical stuff that happens there, but really how do you, how do you approach the mic where to, to get really soft and find those, those sweet tones and how to, 
give that just enough to when you got to belt and be a little bit more to be super rhythmic vocally, which is new for me in some of these latest songs that you hear. Mm-hmm. And that was a big schooling from Brian and, and Matt Anthony, where it's like you have to be very conscious of the new pop sound. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the new pop sound goes back to the Michael Jackson, just really being very, very particular. And it sounds like it's overdone. And then you hear it back. That's how you do it. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's how you do it. That's right? awesome. How did you get a connection to work with them? I have a connection with Brian through some players I worked with way back in the day. I took a little hiatus after Chasing Shadows, and Brian was the producer on that record. Mm-hmm. And I really loved the way he approached artistry and helping evoke story and knowing that it's okay to be a part of the process. Right. I was very much uh, wanting to release, release, release songs, get things out. And something shifted in my life where I, I knew I had the time and the space to tell the story. And the, these collection of singles that we came up with was actually from a period of time, I think from about 2018 to 2020. So we reconnected for the batch of singles that you hear on Spotify, Play It Loud, Our Secret, Outside, Hold On, Make It Happen. That that could have become its own EP, but in the land of contemporary music, we just went single by single. So he was a big part of that and and he was the band. Uh, A lot of, what I would love to do again would be to get the band back, but the costs and everything for hiring the guys. Don't worry, I will get you guys back on there. And then Matt Anthony, Anthony was actually somebody I was introduced to through my songwriting partner on Chasing Shadows. Chasing Shadows was co-written with Janice Fitzgerald, who is a beautiful lyricist and That was an experience for me where I actually had an opportunity to write music to lyrics. Mm. And she had Matt um, in her back pocket all the time and somebody, her go-to person for the the songs, which really we write um, these songs with the idea of sync in mind TV film. So he's, yeah, he kind of, operates in that fashion. So it's also cool to be in these these two different worlds sometimes where you write songs for the opportunity for TV and film and that sort of publishing aspect. Mm-hmm. And I work with Brian a lot for that that artistry, that that different sound that comes out from that process. Nice. Very nice. What, yeah. uh, when, did, when did you decide that you wanted to really take it to the next level and really pursue this in entertainment? Like this I, is I do that's it nothing else <laughs> I would say I've decided that it has to be a constant in my life at a couple of just different periods of time first was eight years old and and that is what I knew I turned down a lot of hanging out with friends and um, doing some things where I'd have to say, listen, I'm going to the recording studio or I'm going to prepare for this audition. So that came really early on. And there was a lot of experiences where I realized it was interfering with with growing up a certain way. So I, I tried to find a balance with it. Like, how do I keep music in my life 
when I did really, really well on a Sony audition and they wanted me to come back and I didn't go back, you know? Yeah. It's just, it's a challenge when you're young. It's challenging. It's challenging. You got your friends, you're losing them, but you're getting this. And then it's like, yeah. I don't care about that. If I don't have them, it's, it was yeah. very interesting. And I, I don't reflect on those experiences enough, but they come up where you wonder like, why, why did I do that? Right. Um, but <laughs> I, I've always been the kind of person that thinks really outwardly and, and for others and in a the most alt, altruistic way possible and just really, really helping. And of course, you kind of got to learn the hard lessons that it can't always be that way. You have to strike that that chord where and that boundary. Mm-hmm. So so I would think eight and then a turning point was 18. Okay. And I said, I'm going to Berkeley College of Music. I'm going to oh, do this. Berkeley. thing. Ooh. But I didn't go. <laughs> you didn't go. That's all right. My daughter too. She was like, eh, I changed my mind. I didn't go, but I saw that. I saw that that would be how you do this for a living. Right. And there was just so many factors that happen. I think like the formative years, my father was really very ill with cancer and that consumed us a lot. And, and that was very hard on our family. Hmm. 18 is 2001 when 9-11 just happened. So I'm a, I'm a sensitive person. I'm an empathetic person. So these, these milestone moments where I know I really want this, but something else is happening. Um, and then it shifted again where, I mean, it's, it, again, I'm going to use that word constant. It's a constant in my life. And then I graduated college and I went out, I, I did a, engaging the muse. I really worked on um, all those pieces of networking and how do I get out here in a totally different era, it feels like now. And it was like right, right. 14 years ago, but it feels so different. I pressed a CD, I booked uh, singer songwriter gigs, showcase gigs. There was no Spotify, there was, there was YouTube was coming along, but, um, no TikToks and there's that. So that was an experience. I paused for a little bit and uh, came over to Chasing Shadows and paused again. And I, I came through those the work with the singles. And I'm in a little bit of a pause right now. But I'm I always take those those lows as not like this is gone from my life. As right. a, I'm I'm Breathe. listening again. Right. And listen. To listen again to learn, to learn what does my soul want to express next? What is happening? Yeah. You know? So well, that's answering some of the questions I have for you later. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. I was going to ask you about your process, but what are some of the challenges that you faced uh, as a woman uh, in this industry? Are there challenges you face? I think imagery is something I'm still struggling with is, is how do I want to be perceived? Um, mm. I do know if I get a little bit more gritty and aggressive, that's going to attract a certain crowd. Right. This The softer side of me and, and the more um, pensive songs attract a certain audience. So I think having people in the industry like the Christina Aguilera's, the Mariah Carey's, that show you telling your story is what's safe. That is okay. And I didn't quite have that growing up. I, I, and we see, we've seen Mariah, you know, evolve through all these years and really stand the test of time. But, um, 
there was a different messaging for women back in the day when I was really consuming music. And a lot of that was just um, putting yourself in a certain box. Mm. So when I see artists like Billie Eilish or Lizzo come out and just speak Mm. and speak that truth, Mm -hmm. um, that has made me realize it does not have to be hard because that's the mindset. That was the paradigm I feel I consumed Mm -hmm. when I was trying to get a grasp on what the music industry is for a woman. Mm. And I will tell you the, the documentaries that I watch now, there's, there's one coming out on Cheryl Crow. Um, I love her. She is. She's talked about some stories, some stories where it was very, very suffocating for women. I know. Um, Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Dell is another artist who really advocates for the the person who I am. This is who I am. This is what I'm expressing to you. And so what I'm saying is I believe on a level, yes, there are still a lot of challenges for women across the board in every industry. And Mm -hmm. music is is still one of them. But artists who have that strength to be authentic and tell their story and even be that raw on social media, I think helps us level the playing ground. Mm, definitely so. I um, uh, it's a it's a different time though for me. Um, I'm I'm more of an Annie Lennox girl. Um, mm, mm-hmm. Sade, um Yeah, and a lot of those artists kind of I love Sade. If I can have yeah, a Sade, Grace Jones. You know, I'm more of that genre. Like you just come out with something like, oh, I don't even know what that is. All right, mm-hmm. but I like. Yeah. It. But they have such a loyal fan base and they are huge. It's like the Liz Wrights, the, you know, where it's, um, they're not so much in the limelight, but they have such a, a great following yes. and, and it in some ways could be a bit healthier. I think It is healthier because you only come out when you have something to say. And yeah. all the women that I mentioned created their own images. They didn't let some man say, yes. let's have a low cut on, honey. You have to be a size six. Let's mm-hmm. see some Boom. I mean, that's that's the, yeah. the horrible, horrible part, horrible part of entertainment in general, whether it's acting or singing, um, yeah. is that there's usually a man controlling it, and there's usually these images that they want you to have, yes. and if you don't have them, guess what? Your albums are not going to move, uh, which is crazy. It's crazy. It's like, I thought it was about the music. Like, what's up with that? So I'm glad we have YouTube, and we have TikTok, and all these other Instagrams, yes. because you don't no longer need to ask anybody for permission. You know, if you're yes. clever enough and everybody has an audience, if you're clever enough and you're writing material that is worthy of someone's ear, right. someone will find you and that's called your following. And then boom, you don't need anybody. At that point, they'll say, who do you, you got how many followers? We'll sign you. Now you can, now you can make the, the call and say, well, I'm not getting breast jobs. I'm not getting yeah. change. I'm not doing this. This is how I am. And, you know, we have to start learning how to negotiate for ourselves um, instead of uh like so many young women, they go in, you know, even with modeling, they go in and they're like, Oh, what do I got to do? What do I got to do? I'm like, why are you changing yourself? Mm-hmm. Like we're all made beautiful as we are. Like what's, you know, I'm sorry. So that's my doggy. Sorry. I'm supporting that idea. <laughs> Thanks, so, so is he. He's like, it. right on. Yeah. He's, he's supporting it too. So I apologize that. Um, yeah, no, I just wish we would do that. It's just so I've even heard singers, recently uh you know just silly stuff i'm like why are you 
changing your why you have a gift they don't have the gift the record label does not sorry give me one second i'm gonna try to get this dog to stop because he's driving me in. i apologize uh, stop it um you know uh it's like singers um you have the gift and the talent why are you letting someone dictate yeah. to you what happened i understand 20 years ago because you didn't know and you're like you just want to be put on so you're like all right i'm gonna do whatever but yeah. now you just have to build up a following you don't have to go yeah. beg. you go begging after you've built the following says listen i have fifty thousand people that follow me or a hundred thousand people that follow yeah. me this is what i like if you have it if you don't don't worry i'll go somewhere else off just keep doing what i'm doing there's yeah. plenty, plenty of artists who've done that and made out very well. Um, like an Eric Roberson, if you've ever heard of him, he has great music. Ooh, I'll check he's, that out for yeah, sure. Yeah, Eric Roberson, he used to be at uh, SOBs all the time. Um, but he's toured around. He's won, I think he was nominated for a Grammy, even if he didn't win. He wrote songs for Joe Scott and other people. Uh, he's very clever, clever guy. Neo soul type uh, music, I want to say ish. That I he love wrote. that. Yeah, but he's, he's brilliant. Um, but he did his own thing. You know, and now people call, but I don't know if he's answered yet. I don't think he's, I'm not sure if he's answered. He's like, I like doing my own thing. You know, sometimes yeah. you have to take the the risk and um uh, and go oh, with yes. talent. You know, so um, what um, so for for new singers and songwriters, uh, what how do you go about uh compo I think you sort of answered this. How do you go about composing a song and finding the music? Uh, which is first, the music or the song, or the feeling or what? I would say that for my process, mm -hmm. the the very beginning experiences of writing were was happening around 21, 22. Mm -hmm. So I just graduated from college and I got a degree in jazz. So I was Ooh, really nice. into like those those major sevens and and sassy chord so i was writing a lot of the music first and journaling a lot i i am ah richard oh my gosh hey richard that's so cool i did I, sorry i just saw I that know, it's okay i love to <laughs> thank you yes all right we'll thank you and we'll, we will shout out richard and and how even you and i got connected in, in oh yeah yeah definitely connections Definitely. So I I spent a lot of that album, uh, I guess it was just the period of time in my life where I felt really good about journaling and mm -hmm. I was traveling a lot in my early 20s mm -hmm. and just whoop, my heart was pouring out and I really loved that. So mm -hmm. it was simultaneously happening, the music and then the lyrics were coming together. Mm -hmm. Then I just feel maybe I got into a position in my life where um, my voice was feeling stifled uh, personally at my mm -hmm. speaking voice. Um, mm -hmm. I was just in uh, a relationship that was was very challenging for me. Mm. And that was just really affecting how I could express myself. Right. So that's when I said, no, I can't, I can't give up. So I ended up doing that co-write and I reached out to Janice where I'd never done that before. I'd never been in a situation where I really worked with somebody's lyric. And I only changed a little bit. It was pretty much composed mm -hmm. lyrically. And, and that was a great experience for me. I love, love co-writing. It's so mm -hmm. much fun. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not one of these artists that like really holds 
the song so precious and I it has to be mine. Don't change anything. Mm-hmm. If I was coming out the gate like writing songs like John Mayer or you know, it's <laughs> be no problem. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, for me, there, there's there's stuff to, to work on. Right. So it takes it takes a little bit of finesse to to get those songs away. I'm I'm hearing them in my head. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then when Play It Loud and that era of music came out, that was instrumental first Mm. because again lyrically i felt a bit unsure didn't know what the message was and i Mm. wanted to write a different theme that i hadn't really explored yet Mm. so i needed to really sit with the music more than i had in the past Mm. wow it was really cool and i like that a lot i like this like digesting the soundscape first yeah yeah and try to let that soundscape evoke the feeling of the message. And I kind of make little notes here and there of like, I want to write this theme. I want to write, I get very thematic these days and that's what I want to come out next. Mm. Um, So I've been experiencing it on all different sides. And Mm. I love, I love even the art of arranging a song. Mm -hmm. That was the process with the Mariah Carey, make it happen. Yes. And I even did a U2 um, Pride in the Name of Love. And I've also done sort of a mashup of a Beatles tune, I've Just Seen a Face. Oh. So each album has had a cover and talk about like, I need to do this my way. I, I don't feel comfortable releasing the song until I've found my stamp on it. Okay. Yeah, so I've, I've gone. I go through the process in a in a variety of ways, and a lot of it's the the highs and the lows. Just just jumping on that creative wave when I when I can grab it. Right. And knowing when when it's not hitting me or I'm not producing a lot of songs, mm-hmm. that I'm in my listening phase right now. Right, right. That makes sense. Yeah. Which is your favorite song that you've ever written or that you've ever heard? Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> That was, all, that was the only trick question of tonight. <laughs> I know, that's fine. I love that sort of question. I think the mo- the, the song I'm really proud of mm-hmm. is, is Outside mm. because it was so emotional for me and I didn't know how to write an emotional song without being too pouring my heart out. Mm-hmm. So I feel really proud about that song. Um. And I also have been going back to a song that I'll be singing on an upcoming show Ooh. called Constant. Oh. Where, yeah, where I, I wrote a poem and I put that poem to a guitar part that was composed by a friend of mine. And it might not be like a number one hit or anything like that, but there's a lot of truth in that because that poem that I wrote, mm-hmm. I wrote that when I was 16 or 17. Wow. So it just showed me that this this was coming to me, but I I didn't quite always know how to nurture it. Right. And how to really stay with that that groove and stay with it. So those I would say are two important songs for me in the songwriting process. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. And what has been the best performance of your career so far? Have you have, have you done a concert that you said, well, I think this is the one. This is the, the people's <laughs> right. The music's right. Everybody's yeah. singing it. Anything that stands out? I was really happy about this concert I put on 
right before the pandemic. It was about four months before the pandemic hit. Oh, I had developed these songs, been working out the the new material in the studio, and I had told Brian, "I'm I'm really ready to take this on the road." Right, um, and I still wanted to go about this my own way. Mm-hmm. I could have called up the the clubs, the bitter end, the mm-hmm. all all the places I would perform around New York City, and I said, "I'm I'm putting on a concert. I'm going to put on a concert." And it was a barn concert in in November 2019, and it was really memorable. It was beautiful, so wow. special. Wow! I thought that I was on to something, and mm-hmm. I was so ready to keep replicating that, and then whoop, shut it down. So. Uh-huh. There was a lot of elements about that barn concert. It was about 40 people in the crowd. Mm-hmm. It was candlelight and, and the, the barn and great lighting. And we fused in the electronica music. Mm. I had an opportunity for an outfit change, which P.S. I'm never wearing stilettos again when I perform. <laughs> that was the only thing that we could change about that show. <laughs> Note to self, never stilettos on a barn floor. No. I did that and it sunk in. <laughs> I, I still made it happen and I, we didn't have too many uh, issues. So I had an upright bass player. I had a moment where where I was like transitioning like they do in the big shows. You know, Justin Timberlake goes down, he changes his outfit. So I found all of these things that I really wanted to do on the scale I could do, mm-hmm. which, you know, had an, a soft opener, had the electronica tracks, had some acoustic stuff. And, and fuse all of that together in a really intimate setting. So I, I would say as a highlight is something that I want to keep moving towards as we're getting back into things reopening and, and comfortable with mm-hmm. this again, is so, that would be something. Um, and maybe that, that eighth, uh, you know, age eight, third grade performance was pretty, pretty iconic for me. Pretty iconic. <laughs> okay. That's, hey, you never know. Um, if you didn't become a musician, what, what do you think you'd be doing right now? I am a musician, but I am also a teacher. So I'm still in oh. this zone. Yeah, I'm still in this zone where, yes, music is such a big part of my life. And that's actually where I met Richard. Richard mm. was a student of mine in my communications class I teach at Westchester Community College and talk about age eight there was a duality happening I remember having the hairbrush in the in the mirror and singing my songs and going down to the basement on weekends and playing school with my um with my with my siblings Mm -hmm. so it was very interesting how you're I was being shown sort of my path. And my, my father's a teacher. My parents are music lovers. So teaching is also a big piece of who I am. Teaching. It's very big. Oh, that's awesome. It's nothing better yeah. than a teacher. Uh, so do um, you mind if we're going to go? I, you know, speaking of Rich, since he's on here. Hey, uh, church. hey Rich, what's up? Uh, so I was thinking about going to one of his videos um, and another video, um, uh, two videos, and then we'll come back and we'll have everybody t- figure out how we can find you and what your sounds link is. Yeah, sounds good. All right, mm-hmm. so everybody, hold on. Let's see. We're gonna share the screen, and we're gonna look for. Let's see, and then we'll play another one of your songs as well. So let's try Chronicles first. Yes. Let's try that first. Let's see if I can get that right. 
Alrighty. Let's see this. So when your mind is cluttered, you know what I'm saying? Just keep calling the trouble. So, here. These are the chronicles of a soldier. The world around me is getting colder. America seems to want to make me break. How much pressure can a man's mind take? I'm close to the edge, approaching the code red. I stay in the booth trying to clear my head. These are the chronicles of a soldier. The world around me is getting colder. America seems to want to make me break. How much pressure can a man's mind take? I'm close to the edge, approaching the code red. I stay in the booth trying to clear my head. But it's over. But it's over. I'm diverse when I speak, but yet I keep it street, lonely at the top, not much room for the elite, but I keep climbing, masterpieces I'm designing, timing, I'm in the rap game like a roaring lion, and wisdom is the reason that I move with precision, dead become the living, so understand my vision, it's like magic, this rap game I got it mastered, and I speak through the music instead of using the ratchet, cause I can be a savage, way beyond the average, I'm paranoid, me with weapons, it's like a marriage, we always make love, ski mask and black gloves, murder scenes and blood, they wouldn't know who I was. I write cause I love it. These rappers could never touch it. Beautiful within itself, but yet I keep it rugged. Guns blazing. United Nations got my heart racing. Lost poet trying to be the right to his generation. I be stressing cause the streets they full of tension. Mad depressing. Daydreaming at the Smith and Wesson. Facing fears. Still fighting while I'm crying. Tears my resurrection. I spit like a ghetto Shakespeare. X5. Savages with guns is mad wild. But my worst enemies understand my style. Elevate past the block. I excel. I won't stop. Look into the eyes of a cop, America shot. Play catch me if you can, like the gingerbread man. I've been around for a minute, I'm trying to make plans. Used to bubble up around him, coke up in grams. And mess with Will Roy, you can only hold in your pants. My arms were so good, I could have sold my hands. Cause when I raised them up, they just go kablam. Just like the ran. Roberto, I'm thorough, got it like a thorough. A living Merle that moves through the burrow. I'll die for the cause, but I ain't no hero. Good fella in ways like De Niro. No phone taps, avoid your need here on secret. Rock a mic to life, I'm not speechless. Be at the top, you must be beneath this. Whether it's knowledge, collegiate, the street shit, you see this. It's all cohesive. That means we stick together in any type of weather. Fast like a new op, bite like Beretta. I like the cheddar, like I come from Green Bay. The verbal cheese head. Yeah, I talk money, it's like I breathe bread. And all rough days, it's like I need head. Claim my dreams dead, kid, you bleed red. Please don't sleep if you don't perceive bad. Cause the way you talking is like you need lead. You about to be fed. How much pressure can a man's mind take? I'm close to the edge, approaching the code red. I stay in the booth, trying to clear my head. These are the chronicles of a soldier. The world around me is getting colder. America seems to want to make me break. How much pressure can a man's mind take? I'm close to the edge, approaching the code red. I stay in the booth, trying to clear my head. But it's over. But it's over. Hey, what's up? You are back, back, back. You are watching On the Town, and uh, that was the Chronicles of a Soldier, written by Urban Journalist, aka Richard Addison, and 
is co-written by Mandit Versus, aka Michael. Thank you for that lovely song. That's uh, that's dope. Lyrics are so dope. Uh, he's a very so relevant. Yes. That, that's what makes a good writer is that time goes by and, and this, the lyrics still stand up. It's great. Yeah. It's a great, great, great song. Thank you, Rich. That was awesome. Uh, so, so we're back here. You're watching on the town. I'm your host, Tanya, and we are here with singer songwriter, Kat Spina. So Kat, tell us what can we expect from Kat Spina in 2022? Anything new going on? How we find you? That's right. It is 2022. Well, the first song that you heard play it loud will be out on streaming everywhere as a remix, which I'm really excited about. So that'll be fun. That should be dropping. I want to say Memorial Day weekend, but it could be the weekend after, but I'm going to keep you posted on catspeedamusic.com. Yep, I got it. Yes, thank you so much for that. So I think that's what's coming down the line. I have a single that I worked on with Matt Anthony earlier um, in the year, and Mm -hmm. that is coming down the line. That's a co-write with somebody new uh, who is not new as far as uh, in my life, but who's new in my uh, world of songwriting, my friend Josh, a Uh great song called Anti-Gravity. Mm-hmm. That upbeat song all about feeling good and, and, and feeling um, hopeful. Right. And after that, I, I'm going to keep writing. I'm gonna keep she writing does. and maybe trying to find a way to re- recreate that barn concert. <laughs> <laughs> find a way. We can do it. Although, <laughs> all, all I know is I need a six-month lead time. Planning events and making these concerts. <laughs> you watch some of these behind-the-scenes shows, the pink uh, Justin Bieber, that's yeah. real deal stuff. You got to really plan this stuff out, even for the 40 people. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You do. It's a lot of <laughs> process. Um, tell us, um, were you um, going to be thinking about performing with stripped down acoustic versions? I saw something about yeah, that. So yeah. after the barn show, actually, I did two live streams mm-hmm. in a house concert setting, about 10 people in the crowd, and I really mm-hmm. loved that. And it just went back to logistics. I, I need somebody um, to work the the gear, however you, you right. run the tracks. And that, it's kind of right. hard to find. So yeah. I said, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn these songs from the, the place of home. You know, mm-hmm. where did they really come from? What mm-hmm. were the original instrumentation of all this? Mm-hmm. And so the songs have uh, come back to that acoustic place. And I'll actually be, be performing for anybody in the, the area I'll be performing this Friday, uh, Friday, May 13th oh. at The Starving Artist, which is also considered oh. now The Artist, in City Island, a place I used to perform way back in the day, and I'm so happy to be back. That is awesome, Kat. That is so awesome. Uh, and any advice for any new artists that you can give, uh, leave us with? Honor the process, mm-hmm. honor your heart, mm-hmm. and just keep going. Ride the waves and just keep going. Mm, that is awesome. And wait, one more thing. I, I see you have a podcast. Did your podcast actually launch already? Yes. Yeah, so the podcast is something that, that came about even stronger through the pandemic. I, I needed people to talk to. <laughs> and the, the podcast is called Engaging the Muse. It's also on Spotify and anywhere you get your podcast. Richard was actually a guest on this show as well. He was one of the 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 pioneers to help me launch this podcast. And this podcast is all about process, creativity, and the journey, Mm -hmm. about evoking that that muse 
and how you do what you do. And, and that is that is the purpose of this show. Uh, well, that is awesome. I, I thank you so much for, for being a guest on the town. Um, we really appreciate oh, you. Thank you. This was so great. Thank you so much. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go out with a couple of videos. Uh, so you don't mind hanging out? Uh, if no, you not out. at all. Thank you so thank much, everyone, for, who's tuning in tonight. Uh, yes, thank you, Rich. To show, staying yes. inspired. We really need this in our in our atmosphere. I know it's exactly. not always well, easy to grab onto, but these message the, the messaging of supporting people and and what they're doing and Tanya's really doing that with this show. So thank you. Oh, so thank much. you, thank you. Because yeah. I, I was hoping somebody gets that. That's only why I do the show. I yes. started in Brooklyn twenty five years ago. Believe it or not, outside Alsby Square Malls, where I used to tape. And um, I would find all these new, uh, I interviewed Dead Prez once. A couple, some, some, some people, I just happened to luck out that they were already making their mark. But uh, but I would just randomly interview people, um, particularly musicians and artists, because they never really get a chance unless they're signed to a label. Right. Nobody, nobody wants to interview them. So I was like, okay, I'll go after all those people. And it, it was really great for a while. And then I moved. So that's why I changed. But I, I actually had a little following. I, I kind of missed my B-Cat spot uh, oh. in Manhattan. And then I moved to Westchester. So, And it was on TV, actually, but uh, on cable. But um, hopefully we'll be back there one day after this pandemic decides whatever it's doing. Yeah. So we'll we'll figure it out. out. But in the meantime, mm-hmm. I thank guests like you for, for coming on the show because I just really feel that um, all artists, uh, I don't care if you're Beyonce or whoever you are, it doesn't matter. If you have a real talent, which you do, and a gift, which you do, it was it was given to you to help others in some form. So if how do you suppress that? You know? So so for me, it I had to do this because I I was just so sick of people like, well, how are we gonna promote my you can promote your book? Come on my show. Like it doesn't have it doesn't have to be five billion people. If you get 10 people and they spread the word enough, guess what? Artists can still live, right? So, so artists out there, if you're out there, support each other and you guys who are out there, go to my channel and like, and subscribe, go to Kat Spina's YouTube uh, channel and like, and subscribe. And Rich Adamson, he has a channel as well. Go out to all of us, any of us artists and uh, support us. Cause we're only out here for you guys trying to make it better for you guys. So don't forget that. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, thank you. I really appreciate you. So hang out. I'm going to get mm-hmm. us off screen and I'm going to play a couple of videos. Um, Great. Uh, so let me see. First, I'll take what's off. Yeah, stay right. Just hang out for a moment. Let's do time. I'm
contract. Yes, yes. What? You better get up, boy. It's time for church now. I can't go to church today, Mom. I'm tired. Excuse me? I can't go today. Boy, you better get your behind up right now, because you know we got church in the morning. I don't want to go. I pray, Mom. I pray. I pray. Listen, that's what happens when you go and hanging out all night, okay? Yes, I pray for No, you going to get up. Now, Andre, I'm going to give you 10 minutes. I love you, mom. We had dreams of catching money in the bank. I checked my birth certificate. My father's name was Blake. I had to fill a void. Was just a little boy. But Robert Reed discovered me when I was just that little boy. I mean, it wasn't rough. With God is my witness. Mama did some foul stuff. We asked the Lord for forgiveness. I think that all the beef is dead. Apologize for certain words. I mean, we shouldn't have said it. With pain comes reactions. Come on, give me credit. Through all the hard times, this time we won't forget it. Or even worse, regret it. You got grandchildren, mama. We were so pathetic. Back in the days for family, we was overzealous. I put it all behind me, cause that rainbow was beautiful. All the peace in life, a little peace of mind and do for you. So anybody out there, if you love touch with your mama, if she's alive, be thankful that you got her. And everything y'all make. Playing our mothers too, saying be what you wanna be and do what you want to do. Made it seem easy, but they all went through the struggle too. No matter what they went through, they was always showing love to you. Something about that strong loving spirit that's within them, showing care for all their children. Mama's spirit is vivid, and nothing mama did was considered coincidental. Cause mama, she made it happen when she had less than a little for me. And even for you, we hit the lotto and the first person we call it is you. We need a hand, the first person we rely on is you. Non-violent, but I spend my life behind them for you. Because you did it all for me, and you tried the best you can. It ain't easy raising a man when your heart was hurt by a man. I thank my father for my strength and my charm. But the first thing I ever did in life was laid in my mama's arms. Thank you, mama. mama. right now text your mother better yet call your mother tell her you love her if you near your mother right now give her a hug tell her get on the dance floor and dance with you to this if your mother's gone just think about how much you miss her and why and live the rest of your life for her Cause mama always told us there'll be days like this We get upset and throw fits, forgive it and reminisce Especially on that day in May, we celebrate our Mother's Day I listen to this song today, it helps me get right through my day Never said it would be easy, you just said it'd be okay I'm alive and I can say you did your best to make a way When all the weight was on your shoulders, you got down and you would pray If it wasn't for my mama, there would not be no Andre to keep my mama No one above you, my love. 
What's up? You're watching on the town. I'm back, and we're gonna end with our last song here. Uh, give me a minute. Let's see if I got it wrong. Let's see. Oh boy, there we go. Uh, so we're gonna end with our last song, and uh, let me see if I have hold on. I have, hold on, Cat Spina. I see you there. There you are. Lovely. <laughs> we're gonna end with your song, and thank you again for being a guest on our show. We appreciate you. And uh, Richard, we see you out there. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you. We appreciate you too. We appreciate you. Uh, so we're going to end with your song. And we thank you so much for being a guest on our show. You guys, make sure you go to our pages, like, and subscribe. And the podcast will be out shortly, uh, which which airs all over the world pretty much. So uh, make sure you guys check it out. Share, share, share. It's always caring to be sharing. <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. So here we go again. Let's see. I'm going to share my screen again. And go out with this last beautiful song. Hold on. There we go. All right, here we go. Let's go. And I'm going to take us off the screen. There we go. Stay with me. That was the plan. Pull me in, take my hand. All the words you say echo in my head and start to fade away. Everything breaks, you're doing all you can to pick up the pieces. Sense of all the bad dreams, wondering the reasons that you're not sleeping. Everything breaks, you're doing all you can to pick up the pieces. Hard to sleep, hard to breathe when it's all coming undone. So you hold on, hold on, hold on to something, just hold on. When you feel you've got nothing, this feeling means something So hold on, I won't let you fall I see your face You're down the hall My eyes are closed I'm screaming You're not hearing me all the words you say echo in my head and start to fade away. Everything breaks, you're doing all you can to pick up the pieces. Trying to make sense of all the bad dreams, wondering the reasons that you're not sleeping. Everything breaks, you're doing all you can to pick up the pieces Hard to sleep, hard to breathe, when it's all coming undone 